This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host Ajit. And in today's episode, I have a very special guest, Tom from Pinchitter. Hello Tom, welcome to the podcast. Hi Ajit. Thanks for having me on. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks uh, for asking. We are uh, going through some interesting times in the Netherlands as far as COVID is concerned. You know, at least for a very long time in our podcast we used to start off our episodes by giving a covid update or it used to go that way because mm-hmm. it's become such a big part of our life so i thought we'll keep the tradition going why not <laughs> so uh, i hear things are a little bit better where you are in the uk yeah not too bad or well, we still got quite quite large numbers um but i guess everyone's double vaccine vaccinated um there's booster jabs going around as well so um so yeah it's um it's Thing, yeah, I think it's not 100% back to normal, but it's uh, it's pretty normal. I think it's the uh, best way of describing it. How about where you are? Well, I'm not very far from Amsterdam and uh, things are a bit pear-shaped, must be said, <laughs> uh, to put it very politely. Because, well, the cases are now higher than in, at any time before in, mm-hmm. since this pandemic has begun. And uh, I think we are looking at some very, very strong measures shortly that are going to be put in place. if you've had a chance to go on a holiday already good luck otherwise you're going to wait for a little bit of time because at least netherlands is now at least is orange and very shortly if things continue it's going to be declared red and that means basically other countries in this continent and anywhere else will probably not welcome you even if you want to go there right the winter has always been a bit tough here because yeah of course we are all most of us are double vaccinated those of us that want to be at least yeah. but uh, i think it's it's more to do with some of some events for example discos were opened here if i'm not wrong and there were some cruises cruise parties that were held and probably these acted as super spreaders so what i read is our health health structure and the healthcare system is a little bit under strain so the government is looking to alleviate it um, we really hope you know it uh, it gets better from here and eventually at some point in time at least in january things become normal because next couple of weeks we are set to go into a bit more of a stricter uh, lockdown period yeah well, hopefully uh, hopefully it sorts itself out a bit quicker than it did last last christmas but we shall see indeed indeed now <laughs> onwards to a bit more uh, sunny sunnier pastures well what got you into cricket so uh, you know of course probably being in uk you are uh, looking at a lot of cricket around you but how did you catch the cricket bug Um I think it was um give a lot of credit to my um my my brother my older brother um who who introduced me to the game um and yeah we were very fortunate to grow up in quite a big um with quite a big garden um so we often you know any any summer spring summer time we'd be we'd be out playing and I always remember he really drilled into me um the the uh, forward defensive and the um and the off drive um which he very kindly would bowl underarm um just outside off stump and I had no problem in just you know unleashing the odd cover drive etc and um, with with all of that so um so yeah that that got me into it and um, my mum was very much into it test match special was always on the uh, on on the radio um and I guess when I was growing up yeah cricket was 
was on free to air TV. Um, and I just very much got the got the bug and I was brought up in a house where um, football was the sport in the winter and cricket was the sport in the summer. Um, and then wherever England were touring that that winter was was where we, what we what we'd listen to um, whenever the test matches were on. Um, and um, and yes, that's when I got the bug. I can tell you how old, probably three or four, when I first got the bug. And I think it's uh, it's just it's just grown ever since. Um, and uh, yeah, travelled all around the world watching cricket. And long long may long may it continue slash long may it begin again. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I think for, first and foremost, I must give the credit to my older brother. Great to hear. I mean, some of our first loves almost start within our own family, isn't it? We are. Uh shown some things that we really get attached to by somebody within our own family and it's very nice but uh, i mean you were telling me off air that uh, you've gone to watch some test matches in india must be a very uh, fascinating experience could you could you give us an example of uh, maybe a really memorable incident for you when you went to watch test matches in india or maybe a memorable one maybe a not so memorable one if you can recall one Yeah, well, so I went. I went to two Test matches in um, 2008, so December 2008. Um, so it was just after they'd had the terror attacks in in Mumbai. And um, Kevin Peterson was the England captain. Um, and remember when me, me and my mate flew into into Delhi, and we we didn't actually know they they hadn't announced where the Test matches were going to be played because um, I think originally it was meant to be one in Ahmedabad. Um, and then it had, then then they, they decided for security reasons they were going they were going to change it so um so yeah so for me chennai is will, will always be associated with with test cricket um i think that the grounds had quite a bit of update since we since we were there um but you know we were there to see um well graham swan's test match debut two wickets swanee super over um in the uh, when he got uh, gambier and dravid um but Yeah, that test match is is mainly remembered for um, Sachin hitting a century, um, the crowd going wild on day five as it must have been. I can't remember what India chased down. I think it was a record at the time. Um, so yeah, that was pretty pretty special to see a Sachin ton in India, um, and uh, and and yeah, but also to see you know uh, Graham Swan's um, debut. And for a lot of that test match, we were on top, and it was you know very exciting to think that we could see a win. Andrew Strauss hit a century in both innings. Um, I think maybe Paul Collingwood hit, hit a good score as well, if I if I remember rightly. So, um, so yeah, my my main memory of that is it being absolutely roasting hot, um, really not realizing how close to the beach we were. Um, I think when England were playing there um, back in February this year, they they pan out and I'd be like, whoa, it's right next to the beach. That's ridiculous. Um, so that was that. And then a week or so later, we were up in Mahali, um, which was about twenty five degrees colder. Um, you know, very, very much kind of like a purpose-built ground. No, no, nowhere near as much character as um, as the as the ground in ground in Chennai. Um, and it was just cold. India won the toss, batted first. I think they lost one wicket on the first day. Um, and it, if, I, if I'm honest, that was just a rubbish experience. <laughs> um, it finished as a draw. Um, MS Dhoni had a bowl. Um, ah. It was, uh, yeah, it, it it wasn't that was that wasn't a great experience. I just got a bit boring to be honest. Um, but Chennai for me, brilliant. Um, I'd love to go back. I'd love to watch cricket there again. I think watching Test match in Chennai is a real experience, no matter who you are. And uh, very happy to hear you were part of, uh, at least as far as Indian fans are concerned, a fairly memorable Test where 
tendulkar hit 100 and india chased down i think 388 or 387 some big number very close to 400 mm-hmm. uh, before the uh, yeah very partisan crowd but uh, i think it was yuvraj and tendulkar who i think uh, took india home something like this it was quite a crazy test and the second one was a high scoring draw and yeah yeah i, I think that's how the series ended it was a two test match series wasn't it so yeah i think you have been more lucky for india watching uh, watching tests uh, when india play i think than me because i have a perfect record india india have lost every international i've watched them play in fact so uh, i think uh, you are you are a much better of a talisman when it comes to <laughs> results for india so but as i said a long mate continue or long mate re resume let's let's put it like this right absolutely and uh, so i also hear uh, pinchitter you guys write articles you make a podcast it's it's like a full full platform right so would you like to give us a quick uh, introduction on what pinchitter is all about yeah no very simply the pinchitter it's a um, it's a daily cricket email um which which hits um hits people's inboxes here in the uk um typically between 7 and 8 a.m. every morning um just as you know as the, the typical pinch hitter uh cricket batsman or batter as i should say nowadays um as a cricket batter um would would do you know, come out fighting you come out swinging um it's nice and quick doesn't necessarily last that long um the whole idea is you read the email you might read it in a couple of minutes um and it gives you everything you need set up as a cricket fan for the day so it tells you who's playing who it tells you what happened yesterday highlights a few funny funny stories from the previous day a few funny clips um and particularly at this time of year you know any overnight things that have happened in New Zealand in Australia um so yeah it's it's just your it's your daily bible let's call it that for um for any any cricket fan any of our listeners uh, would like to uh, subscribe uh, would that be okay yeah no absolutely it's free to subscribe and the more the merrier um i think we still need to get you on the list ajit so we'll, we'll i think if you could be the, uh, the 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 leader then i'm sure all your disciples will follow as well bit uh we will do our bit because uh, we are we are happy to do this and we are happy to also you know be a part of uh, any any people any set of people who also think the similar way so we are very happy to try and bring more people your way right all right now let's get to the cricket that's just happened or is happening so well the world cup uh, final happened in australia it must be said except them probably not a whole lot of others believed they might win it at the beginning of the tournament but they did win the world cup final so congratulations to them because our previous episode was uh, after the second semi final we had done a we had done a preview and i had i remember mentioning you know if new zealand can break the jinx they have terrible record when it comes yeah. to matches against australia in the knockouts and it proved the same way actually as simply two good big game players i think so they were thorough ruthless in the final and they lifted the trophy since then lot of water cricketing water under the bridge because you know india beat uh, new zealand 3-0 and pakistan beat bangladesh 3-0 in god forbid another t20 series like <laughs> it was a bit much right cricket never sleeps does it and so uh they uh, they, they went straight straight into those series not sure quite how much value the work was to them um but um but yeah it's, uh, it's 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 been non-stop indeed so the next serious bit of cricket that at least we were looking forward to was the west indies uh, sri lanka test series it's begun and we are now at the end of the fourth day and well west indies are about neck deep in it already batting first sri lanka made 386 thanks to their captain who made a big 100 right set it up the openers went did really well because one of the openers one of the regular openers lahiru tirumanna has withdrawn from the series and so they promoted patum nisanka who's been a mm-hmm. very good 
batter and he's he's made a good name for himself starting his career and he was opening with a skipper well they he did well and then dhananjay de silva and then dinesh chandimal added some power and 386 is a very reasonable score even though it was made at under 3 and over it's pretty good it must be said west indies i think they were a bit unlucky especially shannon gabriel in his first couple of spells when he was quite lethal just balls just kept going into gaps if they have three slips and a gully it used to go between that or whatever right mm-hmm. a lot of that happened but well that's what you do right you ride your luck that's what sri lanka did and i think 386 is a pretty decent score and west indies have left the, let themselves down both times when it comes to batting because skipper craig brathwaite made 41 and then it was all runs from the lower order kyle myers batting at 8 or 7 even right so 7 and then you have jason holder and then some runs from rakim conwall at 10 right and it took west indies past follow on so it's mostly a trial by spin you know this when you're going to mm-hmm. uh, places in asia it's probably a trial by spin so you have pravin jayavikrama ramesh mendes and dhananjay de silva and lasith embuldenia so what sri lanka very cleverly did is packed their order with couple of all rounders who could bowl spin right dhananjay de silva ramesh mendes but also two full time left arm spinners in a lineup dominated by right handers these are effectively leg break bowlers they take the ball away from the bat right so that's very clever but at least west indies could not really uh, sustain much of a you know effort with the bat what are your thoughts on this well i think you know, i think what what would be what would west position west indies would be in if uh, one indu um, hasaranga was playing as well um you know oh, you're yeah. talking about the 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 uh, the quality spinners that sri lanka have, have got out and they've you know not even not even got their best player who's who's uh, chugging away in the abu dhabi t10 um tournament at the uh, at the moment so um I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've not checked the weather in Gaul for tomorrow, but my understanding is it's there's there's quite a bit of rain forecast, um, and I think we all know that when it rains in Gaul, it it, it rains. So West Indies could still potentially um, get themselves off the uh, off the hook. Um, obviously, they're they're fifty two for six at the close of um, at the close of day four, um, which which is awful. Um, they were eighteen for six, um, so it's um, it's positive compared to to where they from whence they come. Um, but but yeah, it's um, it, unfortunately this it's I haven't got the channel to watch that watch that game, so I've been I've been relying on um, updates on Crick Info um, and via Twitter and seeing quite a few um, clips and um, and little little clips of uh, of, it, of it all. But um, I think when when uh, when west indies were set the uh, the target of 348 to win i'm sure they were all channeling um that game in bangladesh from earlier this year um when kyle mayers stepped up on his debut i think and got a double ton um and i'm sure that was what they were thinking but you know when he was when he was dismissed with a score on 18 um and then jason holder went the the next ball as well um that was that was well and truly over um so so yeah It's a, I'd, I'd love to watch this. There's nothing I love more than watching, um, you know, some really good spin bowling, and um, particularly when it's not against England, because that's just always horrible to watch. Um, so, um, so yeah, slightly disappointed. I've not been not been able to see it. Um, as you mentioned, Shannon Gabriel um, bowled very well, but yeah, didn't really get any luck. That, that always seems to be what happens to, to Big Shannon. Um, you know, I was having a discussion yesterday on our pod and and then today on Twitter about um, bowlers who fit into the definition of strapping. Um, and and Shannon Gabriel was was a name which is which keeps keeps cropping up and uh, he's you know he's a he's a bloody big bugger as we'd say um, and he just keeps coming in and keeps keeps firing the ball down but you know if, if and when when his luck's out um, he he can he can look quite miserable 
um, as a as a result. So um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, the rain might come and save West Indies, um, but uh, but yeah, going to the going to Sri Lanka is is often a, a tough place. England made it look a little bit easier earlier in the year. Obviously, the coach uh, Mickey Arthur is well got one more test after this, and then he's taking up the reins at um, Derbyshire as head of cricket, um, which is you know quite an interesting move. I think I, I mentioned to a few people the Peak District is lovely, but I think you prefer to be on the beach in Sri Lanka, surely. But I guess money talks um, in um, in this in this scenario. So yeah, back to the game in call, back to Test cricket. Um, let's see what the West Indies can do tomorrow. I don't hold out much hope for them apart from the weather. What do you think? Yeah, pretty much. Look, I mean, when you look at the second innings dismissals, I've not yet had a chance to look at the highlights, but they are all LBW or bowls. There's only one dismissal that's caught. That tells you it was all good bowling, but probably the straighter ones that caused the issue. This is just accurate, good spin bowling. And West Indies were probably not willing to grind it out. I mean, this is a cliche, and but the cliches are what work in test matches. And Holder did it the first innings. He showed how to do it. Uh, big Jimmy, Rahim Conwell did it, right? So the, at the end of the day, somebody in the top order had to put up their hand. The skipper showed it even in the first innings, right? So really, I don't hold a lot of uh, hope out. And, you know, just a word on Shannon Gabriel before we move on. There are different kinds of weapons one could use, right? You would have a whispering death, a rapier or a really sharp sword in Michael Holding. You would have an all-purpose, all-weather uh, broadsword in Malcolm Marshall. But you would have a mace in the form of a Patrick Patterson or a Shannon Gabriel. Just a really blunt but a really heavy instrument which would kill you no matter what. If it comes in contact with you, you're done for. That's what Shannon Gabriel is. He, he's built like a wrestler, like a boxer, right? Square and big, right? What you say? And strong, you can see that. But when he starts running, you can feel the ground sort of beginning to shake. That's how big he is. Lot of mass, absolutely. But anyway, it's it's one of the pleasures watching him run in and bowl. Unfortunately, well, he does get quite unlucky when you look at his career stats. It 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 sort of shows that. But anyway, it's not his fault. The situation where they are, right? He yeah, could have done absolutely. more. Absolutely. I think my, my, my final thing to say on it would be, um, and again, I caveat this with saying I've not watched a ball of it. So uh, so please don't don't have uh, anyone ringing up, emailing in, tweeting you saying, um, what does this guy know? He, he, he doesn't have a clue. I've caveated that. I don't know what I'm on about. Um, but um, it's not the, the whole test seems to have just not gone well for the West Indies. Obviously, they handed a test debut to um, Jeremy Solizano and he got got smashed with the ball in his helmet. Um, at short leg in on the I think it's on the first morning of the game so he's subbed out shy hopes come in no one scored a 50 um and you know one of these one of these tests where you just it's as a in these tests as an England fan these kind of tests I just I clear them from my mind um and I I, I can very rarely remember anything about it so maybe that'll be the approach that West Indies fans will have as well you know before the series began I would like to always see competitive test cricket right so as you say, when it go when you go to Sri Lanka as a tourist, you have one sort of a test match. It's always sort of one-sided if you're not careful. England showed it the other way, where it was one-sided for them, the tourists. Now it's completely one-sided for the home team, which is mostly what we are used to over the last decade or so. Uh, let's see if at least West Indies can really fight back in the remaining test match. And uh, nothing against Mickey Arthur, but I don't I don't mind if Sri Lanka were to lose that test. I'm more I've always been fan of the style of cricket West Indies spring. And uh, I really hope they're able to win, right? I mean, as much as I say that Sri Lanka, Sri Lankan cricket could use this victory. So 
who knows let's see what uh, the next test has to bring now if you were to move on we were to probably look at some of the uh, news that's coming in from english cricket so it's mostly about you know the uh, all the things that are going on around azim rafiq mm-hmm. and his you know his interactions with yorkshire and let's say i would i'll ask you to summarize what you think uh, has happened and more importantly what your thoughts on it are yeah no it's um cricket certainly not not coming out of it in any way shape or form looking looking good um yorkshire are bearing the brunt of it at the moment um and you know there's there's lots of accusations against them so um that that's that's how it should be but also essex um have had um i think three accusations of former players um who you know the third one came came today so i guess yeah my my take on it is um just kind of like zooming out i don't think it's this is just a yorkshire problem and i don't think this is just a cricket problem and um, i could probably go even further to say it's not even just a sport problem um but it's it's being highlighted it's been zoomed in at the moment um and you know things things have got to change and you know it's probably way too soon to talk about you know positives that can come from this but realistically you know cricket has got an opportunity to really clean up its act um you know make make genuine apologies and and move forwards which i think that plenty of other sports and plenty of areas other areas of society are kind of sleepwalking into and they they will probably have to do the same at some point yeah probably sooner rather than later um but yeah there's this the 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 evidence that Azim Rafiq gave um in um in Westminster last week yeah it was pretty brutal stuff a lot of it um and it's you know then obviously there's been a few accusations against him and yeah he's come out and apologized for the things which he which he's done which is entirely the right thing to do um you know where does cricket go from here um i think there's there's, there's meant to be a kind of a, a a very detailed plan coming out from the ECB along with the um PCA Professional Cricketers Association. I think they had a meeting last Friday, and um, there's been a few kind of leaks have come out of that, but but nothing specific as yet. And I think everyone's saying, look, you know, we want to see some real change. We want to see some it's not not just some classic corporate um, stuff about oh, you know, oh, this this and whatever, but actually some some specific things. So whether that means you know every I, I don't I don't know how county boards are set up etc but whether you literally get rid of everyone and then there has to be some kind of quota system or there has to be something like that there has to be diversity um in, in at all levels of the game i think this clearly particularly at yorkshire that that hasn't been the case um so that that is my very limited knowledge blueprint for moving forward there needs to be more diversity um yeah the england cricket team have been wearing these t-shirts about um cricket is a game for all um you know very nice <clears throat> very easy to do very easy to put on a t-shirt um that says that um i think most cricket fans realistically you know most most people in this country would would agree with that so um you know let's see some actual specifics and then let's let's genuinely make it a game for all that's what we want to see look sport is a microcosm of the society and the good and the bad you get to see in a let's say a less harmful arena that's what sport is i mean if you get to see the good in a culture the the hard hittingness the determination to not give up the innovativeness that's always visible on a field of play you would also see the ugly part of it right so this is just the ugliness in the society showing its head when it comes to how we express ourselves in sport how the sports persons express themselves and how the fans of the sport also behave sometimes you know you always read a lot of uh, rather sad news when it comes to how fans behave 
footballing fans cricketing fans right so that's all a part of what sports brings it's it's as somebody said it it's war without the killing right mm-hmm. so you get to experience all of the thrills all the uh, all the emotions that one would normally go through but without the actual blood and the massacring but in this case that also means some of the bad stuff eventually will come up so i think this is just the society in any given context any given country dealing with the problems that are out there in general being highlighted much more easier in sport it could be in the corporate world it could be elsewhere but here it's more easily visible and now with the proliferation of social media it's much easier that people are able to uh, you know express themselves directly and more people are able to read and express their opinions on what is being said out there right or what they hear and looks there are a lot of casualties i mean uh, we already discussed in one of our previous episodes yorkshire at least the heads have started rolling right at the top right sx i think lost a former chairman so now even people who are outside of administration but are still big names in cricket like michael vaughn has been dropped quietly from the ashes coverage of tms so there are a lot of these things even rafiq expressed a bit of uh, frustration that somebody like joe root who's as much a modern man as can be expected mm-hmm. and as much of a sensible person as you would expect on a field of play and he's still unable to completely come to grasp with what asim rafiq went through i have this to say when it comes to these sort of events right if you've seen the wheel that keeps spinning in one way for a long time if you stop it by force and let go it spins half a circle backwards and then it comes to stop because it's just the centripetal force that's remaining right this is what that is sometimes things go at to an extreme on the other side a little bit before mm-hmm. it sort of finds balance so yeah. nobody could probably understand what happens if you are a person of a different faith or color growing up in a certain land your experiences will always remain unique because nobody can look at the life that is around you in your own way and what you're going through will always uh, sometimes be very unfortunate and that's what has happened here and i really hope this reckoning brings a bit more common sense into play as far as possible it's easy for all of us to say everything should be done by merit and not by color of skin or something but at the end of the day it's not how it happens and there are many things that are coming to light at least the way azim rafiq spoke in the uh, in front of the tribunal where he was given parliamentary privilege where he could you know uh, speak without uh, worry about uh, being sued and counter sued and so on so in this case it's good to see at least such a reckoning is happening in a very public way and it might not mean that there will already be changes in the society from tomorrow but at least the society for itself is able to retrospect and look that there are these problems and that means there is a solution required and maybe it will take a couple of generations but it's there the change has started so that's the only positive i take away from all of this yeah no completely agree um and yeah i think it's if if anything as well you know i've kind of said it's not just cricket it's not just sport but equally you know cricket has been very backwards and um and you know slow to uh to change um in in a lot in a lot of ways um over the years and you know yorkshire i think it was until i'm not sure the exact that time i think it was the late 80s you had to be born in yorkshire to play for them um so i mean if that's a rule then certain attitudes are going to be around as as a result of it so um so yeah think think things need to change and hopefully hopefully it can be some i say see see as big a change as possible we really hope this change also is brought about in other cricketing cultures around the world and they individually look at the prejudices and uh, you know different uh, frictions there exist in their own 
part of the world and it's showing up through cricket and you're able to deal with it as i said because sport gives you an option to also exercise certain demons and not actually suffer uh, casualties probably this is the best way to also heal right and heal easily and faster right mm-hmm. so uh, i really i really hope that's what is going to see so uh, that's what we are all going to see because if you remember what happened in the middle east it started in one place and it slowly spread right across the middle east it was called an arab spring what has come of it 12 15 years down the line is something else but i hope cricket also undergoes a similar sort of a you know a change now that was uh, off the field news but coming back to on field well ashes first test is hardly two weeks away right and when we look at the england squad and australian squad it's it's gotten a boost of the opposite opposite type england got a boost that ben stokes was probably their most impactful player he's been brought into the squad uh he's rather put himself up for selection back again and i think there will be nobody happier than joe root that he's available right and uh, the impact that he has and on the other hand australia have suffered a real uh, real bad uh, blow because their skipper tim payne has come out and accepted that there were some uh, rather racy pictures he sent to a young lady who was his colleague at some point in time and uh, well with that about to be exposed he decided to step down from the captaincy and it's very inopportune if you are an australian team player right because now they have to look to elect a new leader and uh, form an ethos of a way of playing around this person this whoever this new person is so first let's go with england so are you happy with the test squad that england have chosen to be sent to australia and with ben stokes being added well yeah when the when the squad was first announced i was i was quite nonplussed by it um but it's amazing how ben stokes being added to anything um you know sorts it out um as as you say you know he's I, i've been i've been banging this point for the last two years to everyone that um before he uh got in before he had his time out um or well, firstly got injured in the IPL didn't he and then and then then took an extended break um he he was England's best batsman um in terms of runs in terms of averages um i think from about the end of january or the end of february 2019 um until you know january february 2020 um he is such a good batsman i i i often i often think that that he's not actually an all-rounder he's to me he's a he's a batter who who can can bowl some some decent stuff and yet yeah, don't get me wrong he's taken a hell of a lot of test wickets and and, and again you're probably gonna get lots of um messages saying telling telling me me to shut up if i'm saying that ben stokes isn't an all-rounder i've never been a huge fan of his bowling um but it works it gets wickets he makes things happen he's one of those players but his batting he yeah he can do it all you know as and, and we we saw that at headingly in in um in 2019 you know he he, he did a proper Mike Atherton, Jeffrey Boycott, Dom Sibley style um innings for the first however many balls it was and it was three not out after something like 70 odd balls and then teed off when he when he needed to and, and he can do that and um and so yeah for me him him being available is is great on the batting side of things first and foremost the other benefits it brings is it helps to balance out the team because you know just going going against what I've just said he is an all-rounder and so he helps the the bowling balance of the team that therefore means that Jack Leach can play as well and so suddenly England have got a bit of variety in their attack and a better and and an addition a real great additional batter so um it's it's really it's not as simple as one player 
it's, and it's not as simple as one great player. It's, it's better than that. Um, with reference to the squad, um, I'm, I'm not Don Bess's biggest fan, so I'm always a little bit, if he's, if he's in there. Um, I'd like to see James Vince in there as well. Um, he's going to be at the BBL playing um, playing in Australia, so there's always half a chance he could get a call-up um, when, when, when that happens. But um, but yeah, with Stokes there, you know Stokes has done an Ashes series before. Obviously, he missed the last one, but he scored a century in his first Ashes series, um, and it, a real tough Ashes series that was as well. So that gives me hope. Um, we 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 we've become used to England over the last what do you say for the last four years? It's longer than that of England being really good or really awful, um, and it's it's a case of you know. If we can maximise those highs and minimise those lows, um, then we might just have a bit of a chance. Um, I'm sure we're going to come on and talk about Australia now, but just before we do, to say that them changing captain, I don't see how that can be a good thing for them. So that gives me a bit of hope as well. If we were to look at it from Australians' perspective, I dare say they were probably aware of at least bits and parts of this when they appointed being captain. right? So... It was always a ticking time bomb, and unfortunately, it had to go off, not in the off-season, but two to three weeks before first Ashes test at home. But probably you can say it's in that much a good thing that it happened before the series began, not after the second test when they're already one down or something, right? So this is already okay, but nonetheless, look, he built a good team uh, with what limited resources he had, Tim Payne. They, have, they may have lost to India at home. And these things come and go, but they are also not at the strongest Australia right now. They don't have those greats that they used to in the 80s and uh, early 90s, right? That big batch of players went away. And then since then, they're on the lookout for new champions. You have Stark, uh, Hazelwood and Cummins, who are really champion cricketers, right? But their top order batting, I really cannot, really cannot uh, say, even after they've come back, Dave Warner and Steven Smith are the really same beasts that they used to be, right? who could just simply take series apart on their own bats, at least when it comes to Ashes. Look, there's also a bit of um, history here because both uh, Warner and Smith were probably keenly aware this might very well be their last Ashes. So they may want to leave a mark, right? Mm-hmm. And with them, you have Usman Khawaja, who's fairly uh, experienced, who's made made it back, right? And then it must be said, still Tim Payne is back to be the best love man in the country. There mm-hmm. is no... Uh, there is no Healy-like or Haddon-like player ready to you know, seize the chance. You have uh, Carey, who's sort of there or thereabouts. Probably, if Australia decide to not go ahead and uh, pick Payne, or for whatever reason, through the series, they may decide to replace him. Probably somebody like Carey, or there is also Josh Inglis, who's also made a lot of runs with the bat. right? So these these people could come in, but you have Marnus Labushin, who's sort of, or Labush Kagne, uh, who's sort of, a mini Stephen Smith when it comes to uh, what he's heading towards, right? So they have enough to offer. And there, there are a couple of unknown quantities. Cameron Green, he may go one way or the other, we don't know, right? And the other opener, who's probably going to be Marcus Harris, because uh, he's sort of already anointed as the opener. So these people, they have a strong team. Where I really see them failing is, um, if they could, if, if England can neutralize Nathan Lyon, who's definitely a starter here, right? And then that's, for me, it's going to be sort of these niche battles. England have Anderson and uh, Broad, along with probably Ben Stokes. Uh, probably who, mm-hmm. the moment he's back, you would think he would start ahead of Robinson, unless they go in with four bowlers, right? Four fast bowlers. So it's going to be interesting in that case. So 
I would say Australia because they are playing at home and how competitive they always will be and how they can surprise us. They would they would still be a very serious danger. But I I'm going to say England are in with a real chance of taking an away ashes which they don't do very often, right? Still we remember Strauss doing it and talk about it in if you're an English fan in very glowing terms. So okay before you go any further give me a score line for end of ashes according to you well let's bear in mind that the last 10 ashes tests in australia australia leading 9-0 and um, with with one draw at the mcg last time so i do think england are going to get at least one win um <clears throat> maybe even two so let's that that's that's all i can give you for now is england are going to get at least two um what's going to happen at the other end australia probably get three um but something i said on a uh, another podcast and um, the the shield informed podcast from australia uh, a month or so ago um they've changed the uh, the schedule from from what it normally is so you know typically it's gabatoire adelaide uh, perth melbourne sydney and england traditionally have done a bit better in melbourne and sydney um which hasn't been great by the time the 3-0 down this time perth where england have done awfully um not that we've done much better at the gabba or or many other places but perth is now scheduled to be the fifth test there's even talk that it might not even go ahead in perth and it might be in tasmania um so we 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 could still be alive when we're playing at places we're quite good at the adelaide test is a day nighter uh the pink ball will be out um that should be good for jimmy anderson um as we mentioned on the pinches to pod last night that's not necessarily going to be a bad thing for australia because they've still got a very good um pace attack as well so those are the things which give me a bit of encouragement um the fight the fact that marcus harris you know mr test average of 23.77 um is is their answer at the top of the order um also fills me with confidence and um, i think i'll be very very surprised if england don't win at least one test i think they'll win two i just don't know how many australia are going to win so um and that's an optimistic person saying that so take take from that what uh, what you will agit maybe i'm saying they're definitely going to lose 3-2 i don't know but i can't bring myself to say that all right so i i'll do it for you i'll do it uh, with a little bit more of a how shall i say um conservative outlook i'm going to say england mm-hmm. are going to win the series 2-1 right i'll leave it at that so let's leave it there <laughs> right. now i'll go uh, to the other test series which in fact starts tomorrow in a matter of hours must be said so this is the india new zealand test series and uh, you know uh, new zealand are uh, are really improving travelers when it comes to uh, playing in asia right so well they are always very good competitors and they are continuing to grow as a team that plays well when spain is spinning conditions so you have will somerville and ajas patel who will probably come into the 11 these are mostly test specialists but they have done really well uh, in the last tour when uh, new zealand played pakistan in uae and look for india they have decided to take uh, a big risk they have decided to rest four big names you don't have rohit kohli pant and now rahul as well as out right because he's injured at the last minute so a lot of lot of pressure will fall on the rest of the top order the bowling bowling 11 is more or less the same not a lot of changes you'll have jadeja ashwin probably as definite starters and you'll have either you'll have two bowlers uh, in terms of somebody like siraj with ishan sharma 
a workhorse and a hard hitter or two out and out hard hitters because you can always use your spinners as your holding bowler so you'll have siraj and umesh yadav probably mm-hmm. but when it comes to the when it comes to the composition of the top order batting is where i am very curious so we know shreyas iyer has been tipped to make a debut ahead of uh, the others people in the squad for example people like hanuma vihari was sent away because they thought he'd probably be surplus he'll just be sitting on the bench why not get him some game time he's in the india india a squad that's now playing south africa okay so in this case you'll have mayank agarwal who will be you know eager to seize this chance shubman gill who sort of uh, the incumbent except he was just out for a short while because of injury where kl rahul sort of seized this chance because rohit sharma is the other incumbent right so in this case shubman gill and mayank agarwal will be sort of competing to try to make a point here your 345 Ch- chet pujara at 3 is fixed rahane will have to bat at probably 4 or sh- maybe he may even send in shreyas iyer at 4 right and then rahane might stick to 5 and then you'll have of course the middle order batters jadeja who's been batting at 6 most days uh, in the previous tests that england uh, india played in england right you'll have riddhi saha the keepers of pant is replaced by riddhi saha who sort of never out of never out of uh, the equation so you know india has been very carefully even choosing keepers for courses riddhi saha keeps in india where pant keeps abroad right because mm-hmm. of the impact he's able to make with the bat it's somehow working out like that right and then ashwin has sort of reinvented himself he continues to reinvent himself this this is a real real uh, player we can talk about for hours but ashwin will be there and then here comes the then uh, two fast bowlers two spinners for sure and six batters including saha that means the other spot that remains will it be a full batter somebody like surya kumar yadav who may also make a debut because he is the one that replaced rahul and he's in pretty good nick right or would you go with another spinner who can bat a bit somebody like akshar patel this is the thing that remains to be seen right but for me i think this this team has always played with now five bowlers over the last two years or so two two to three years that kohli has been skipper so i think with no shami no bumrah so they are going to go with five bowlers so i'm going to pick uh, three spinners and two fast bowlers for india with six batters including a keeper batter right when it comes to new zealand i don't know i would like to understand your thoughts so uh, what do you think will be the lineup and how do you see their uh, chances in this series well yeah well i think what i what i always say about new zealand is um you know everyone loves to say they're the underdog but it comes a point when you've got to stop stop referring to them as the underdog um because they are they're that good um you know they got to the i know this is test cricket we're talking about but they got to the 2015 and 2019 odi world cup finals they lost both of them but they got to the finals they got to the t20 world cup final last earlier this month and they won the world test championship so it's to 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 continually call them underdogs it's just is ridiculous and um, they've got some of the you know, some of the best players um in in world cricket i think they've won nine of the last 10 test matches anywhere um which you know including a draw at lords which they they were massively on top um in um, in in that game um admittedly if you then go go back an extra t- extra three tests you'll see they lost 3-0 in australia um so um so so they haven't yeah they haven't managed to 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 uh, to, to do that that particular challenge yet but yeah new new zealand that they 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 are a very good team what what slightly concerns me um, ahead of this um this test match for them though is there's no trent bolt there's no colin de grand home and there's no um devon conway um 
And yeah, you probably think just from tossing those names around, Trent Bolt's probably the the biggest loss. Um, but I'd say Devon Conway is the biggest loss. He's he's just been an absolute rock for them at the top of the order, and um, in in any any format. Um, you know, talk about Kyle Jamieson taking to Test cricket like a duck to water, but Devon Conway is you know he's right there alongside him, um, and so he's he'll, he'll be he'll be a big miss for them as well. So my my, my prediction is that. Um, I expect India will win the test, um, but New Zealand won't just roll over and have their bellies tickled. That's that's not that's not their style. Kane Williamson is, I think he's averaging maybe even over 100 this year or in the high high 80s, high 90s. Um, he's already got a double ton to his name. Um, let's be honest that that the the the, bat, the wickets in India are generally good for batting, and it's not a case that New Zealand have got awful batters. You know, Kane Williamson, Ross Taylor expect them to fill their boots um, when they're out there as well. And they've got a decent spin attack as well. So, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, now I think about it, when I look at the India team as well, maybe it's going to be a bit closer than I'm, than I'm, than I'm making out there. And you say India have made a few changes, but, um, or rested, rested a few players, but yeah, never, ever, ever write New Zealand off ever. That, that, that is, that is it. I think there's a bit of uh, history when it comes to these two teams. When India toured New Zealand previously in tests, they were blanked. Probably a dark spot as far as Kohli's captaincy career in tests is concerned, right? 2-0 loss. And then they came and beat India in the Test uh, World Test Championship final again. right? So I think Indians will be sort of eager to pay them back in their own currency after all they're coming home. But, you know, as you say, you never write this New Zealand team off. And you're absolutely right when you say... This group of players are near the top of their, uh, let's say, careers, achievements, and also as a group, what they can achieve, right? So you rightly pointed out they are in successive finals of each format, 2019 and 2021. So you can see this is a team that's just peaking. So you don't expect them to give up. On the other hand, India have certainly made it easy. They have let go of a couple of players or rested a couple of players. So it remains to be seen if the rest, the bench strength that India really claims has to be the best in the world. Can it really step up and fill the hole that these really experienced players are uh, are vacating? Because this is how I would look at the Indian Test squad in two years' time, really. So maybe somebody like Rahane also may, may or may not be there. But you will not see Rohit Sharma and Kohli really play for a very long time from here, probably two years down the line. This is how the Indian squad will look like, right? You'll have probably KL Rahul in the 11 in place of uh, Rahane. And you never know about the fast bowlers, but at least Jadeja and Ashwin look good for two years plus from here, right? So this is pretty much the new Indian team, what you would look for in uh, two years. And let's see if they are capable of, first of all, doing good things at home, right? So they have indeed set up a good record out abroad in the Sena countries. Uh, with the South African tour coming up, of course. But as things stand, let's see if they can really uh, clinch a series at home. First of all, beat the New Zealand team. And you're absolutely right. It'll be a proper boxing boxing game. Like uh, You will follow every session with intensity. I always call uh, test match cricket is just nothing more than a boxing game. So you have to watch it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I guess two, two, two quick questions for you, actually, Ajit, on it. Um, so first is, you know, as a big fan of test cricket, what are your thoughts on India resting, you know, four four of their of their their you know king names, um, and and secondly, and uh, you know maybe ahead of the ashes, it's kind of useful for us as well. It, it must be starting at three a.m. where you are, is that right? Or no, it'd be five a.m. 
five. Um, yeah, five in. Okay, no, five in. Very doable. That's 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 a lovely. That's a lovely start time. Um. So yeah, forget the second bit. Tell me about the first bit. What do you think about India dropping those players or resting those players? Well, it it did come as a little bit of a surprise that they chose to rest all three of them. The fourth one got injured. So, uh, Kohli probably wanted a little bit of a break. But then you see what happens is all three players were rested. Were actually key players for India when it came to the short test format, but also they were captains of their corresponding IPL teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was probably predetermined that uh, you have to let them get some rest. Kohli, you know, uh, we get to read that he's been up and practicing every morning. He's getting two hours in the nets, even though he's resting, right? Playing with playing with a cat in the nets. I saw pictures of something like that. I mean, those are all things uh, that is very important if you are a fan of social media. But not me. I'm more interested in the other part where he's spending two hours knocking balls down in the net, right? So probably yeah. he's taken the time to. Uh, it's like a pre-season where you go work on kings and get uh, things out of the way because you know this guy has not scored a hundred in a while already. This is a very very success successful multi-format batter whose either star is dipping. For good, or it's just a temporary blip. So he'll probably go out there and try to combat it, right? So he probably already asked that he should be rested. But then Rohit, who is also captaining and gone through a lot of stuff on his own, and Pant, because he's a keeper and a very young one at that, India have decided to rest them. And good or bad is probably not the question here because this was what was required at the stage, right? If that means you may you may really suffer some reverses on field. So be it, because you are looking long term. There are big tours of South Africa coming up, right? This is one of the only places where India have not won apart from New Zealand under this this team and this captaincy of Kohli. So he'll probably very be very curious and very keen to go out there, set the record straight, get some hundreds, but also win. So I think it's 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 a compromise that could have only happened if India were playing at home, and that's the time they've chosen to do it. That's the way I would look at it. Yeah, yeah, and. And I think the other thing to bear in mind as well is how well India did in Australia with um yeah with with quite a few of their big names out. So um maybe maybe I should pipe down and uh, just let the uh, let some of these players and um, players take over. It's a, it's it's a real good opportunity, right? So uh, Shreyas Iyer is coming on the back of being the highest scorer in Ranji Trophy. He averages fifty plus in first class cricket. So yeah, good luck. And as I told you, there are some battles within battles in that top order there. People are all keen to score runs. Set the record straight for themselves, right? I must be frank with you. I don't think I'll be able to get up at five because I start work at around eight. But I'm looking forward to following as much of it as possible in one format or the other. I'm a big fan of radio, so if there is any radio commentary channel that you know that would cover it, I would be keen to listen to it. That is legal, and I can listen to it uh, even if it means paying a little bit of money. I don't mind, right? So there was iHeart Radio, which used to have a channel, Radio Sport NZ. They used to cover Test matches until recently, but I've not seen them cover it anymore. This used to be free to air. Now they have geo blocked it to New Zealand only. So I don't think I'll be able to get it. But my favorite way to follow cricket has been. Uh, through radio, and this is mainly due to a certain test match special commentary stint I heard in the West Indies while I was about Brilliant. ten. It came on <laughs> long wave radio, really AM. Yeah, I was like, you can follow cricket like this. What else do you need, right? The way they paint the picture of what's happening, it's far yeah. more evocative of uh, what real cricket is for me. But anyway, coming back to this, I think it's going to be a really close series. In fact, I'm going to say it's going to be one nil to India, or it's going to be one all. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a two-test match series. What do you think will happen? Yeah, I'm going one all. Um, I fancy, um, I fancy, yeah. As I, as I said, New Zealand 
very good, very good squad, very good team. Not at their best with a few few key people out, but you know, India have got a few people, key people out as well. Um, you know, Virat Kohli, as you say, you know, he's he's working hard. He's you know, Mister Intense, isn't he? But you know, sometimes that that doesn't quite doesn't quite pay off. Um, be interesting to see how some of the India players do who you know, not really played much red ball cricket for a while as well. So, um, you know, saying that as well, you've got the likes of Ravi Ashwin, who you know, let's be honest, he tore through England last time there was Test matches in India, and I and I, I doubt I doubt that he'll be much different um, in um, in this. So, if you were to push me for a winner, I'd definitely say India. Um, but um, my my love for New Zealand um, means I'm going to give them I'm going to give them a nod for a test as well. So let's go one more. All right then. So we'll see if uh, prediction will come true in a couple of weeks' time. In the meanwhile, uh, if you look at some of the news from the associate cricket or uh, other cricket, right? There has been some interesting words said by Ryan Campbell, who's the current coach of Netherlands, but. He's saying uh, Ryan Tendoskata might uh, be his replacement eventually, whenever uh, his time comes to an end. So, uh, because we are from the Netherlands, we are always very curious and keep an eye out on what's happening. And uh, well, uh, it it would be a great great uh, thing if uh, Ryan Tendoskata can eventually also become the coach. Right now, he's a mentor. I understand he's with the Netherlands team in South Africa, where they're going to play a couple of uh, one dayers starting shortly. We were supposed to have a Dutch uh, player in on our podcast, but. Uh, Due to time mismatches and other commitments, he could not come. And apart from that, have you been following the WBBL at all? I think they are very close to the yeah. uh, denouement. And uh, what are your thoughts? Who do you think is going to win? Yeah, no, they're following, following really closely actually. Um, and today, uh, Amanda Jade, AJ Wellington, um, took the um, well recorded the best ever figures bowling figures in in any WBBL game. She got five for eight. Wow. Um, so it's the uh, the knockout stage and. Fourth placed Adelaide Strikers knocked out Brisbane Heat, um, and she. I, I was. I watched. I watched a good proportion of it. Actually, she. Her bowling was was ridiculous. It was. It was like watching England trying to bat against a top quality spinner in in Asia. It was that they they didn't have a clue. Um, so so yeah, no, I've been following. It's been, it's been a really good tournament actually. Um, one thing I'd say from from watching today's game as well, I think it's is it Nadine de Clark um, yeah. de Clerk from South um, Africa. South Africa, yeah, and she she played for the um, Brisbane Heat. She she went for a, a quick single, almost it was a second run at one point, and the 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 throw missed the stumps, but caught her right on the knee, and she was in agony. Um, but she carried on batting and then bowled and out, out on the over. At one point, did some ridiculous chasing of the field. So she was a real warrior, um, and um, and that was that was that was excellent to see. So, um, but yeah, no, re- really enjoyed keeping an eye, keeping a close eye on the on the WBBL um, this week. And this so this season, tomorrow's game it's Melbourne Renegades against today's winners, the Adelaide Strikers. Um, a bit weird that they announced their team of the tournament earlier today. The tournament hasn't even finished yet, so um, that that was that was a bit of a shock for me. Um, but um, but yeah, two games to go, um, and then yeah, then and a few weeks later we have the the men's version as well. So um, I think I'm right in saying that none of the teams left have won it before. Um, I might have to check that. No, no, um, I think you're right. You're absolutely right. Always, always good when, always good when that's the case. Yeah, like just like in the T20 World Cup, New Zealand and Australia in the final, it was nice to see a new winner. That's the positive spin I can put on it. Absolutely. Well, I would have been uh, more happier if it was New Zealand because, uh, as you say, you know, you you appreciate them for the way they play their cricket, right? And uh, they deserve to win. <laughs> it didn't materialize, and uh, well, 
at least let's see how it goes uh, for me it's going to be melbourne renegades simply because some of my favorite women's players play in that team mm-hmm. well, the other team that i really supported is no more uh, playing because sydney sixers sixers had the other favorite players of mine yeah they are knocked out but uh, at least uh, melbourne renegades are left and i'm really hoping well harman preet kaur Uh, was uh, declared the player of the series mm-hmm. and not a lot of surprises given that she leads both with the bat and the ball uh, for the team but uh, you know this brings more and more into focus um bcci's um, reluctance i must say for the lack of a better word to hold a t20 women's series and they've had a couple of half hearted goes at it in terms of exhibition air quotes games but it's time they they put together a six team tournament surely right and you have so many Uh, internationally recognized and very well respected women's players that india itself has so it's time they are given a they are given a chance and look indian men's cricket really had a revolution when ipl happened and 5 years after the first ipl happened the professionalism when it comes to fitness when it comes to attitude when it comes to you know all of these things was completely different in the men's dressing room the women's cricket really deserves one such revolution if you are an indian team as well so well we we've said this this is an uh, old old uh, lament of ours but we really hope you know all of this convinces more and more the parts that be within this big board of lot of powerful people must be said all right those were all the news and games that we wanted to discuss it's been a real pleasure having you on tom and uh, you know we really ho- hope to have your company in some of the upcoming uh, you know maybe months weeks we'll see would you like to plug some things about the pinchitter right so for example would you like to give out the mail id yeah sure well yeah firstly say you know absolute pleasure to be on the on this um the armchair cricket podcast um or do I call it the acp what what's the uh, what do you what do you put it doesn't matter either or we go by um, yeah it's been really, really good and really, really good to have a good good chat about what's going on in in you know mainly test cricket but also um in some of the other tournaments and touching on the wbbl there as well um special mention i didn't mention katie mack um for adelaide strikers who i think's hit um five half centuries in the last seven innings um and keeps finishing not out so she's 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 been ridiculous um but yeah the pinch hitter any anyone out there who who wants to um wants to receive the email easiest thing to do is um is find me on twitter um which is and um, the handle is at le pinch hitter so we we suddenly go a bit français um so at le l e pinch hitter so you got two h's there um and um and i'm sure that i'll be tagged when um when you when you uh put put this current ep- episode out there as well so from there you can either slide into my dms to use a, a youthful expression um and um and give me your email ad- and put the email address in there or there's a um, there's a sign up form directly from there but the pinch hitter it's a takes a daily email it will always be free um and you know if you don't like it you can always unsubscribe at any point so um you're not signing your life away um we're just giving you an opportunity to stay as much in touch with um the cool things that are happening in cricket at the moment so yeah we'd love we'd love more subscribers we've got a, a decent number at the moment but we'd always love more we really hope you know podcast and uh, cricketing uh, let's say outlets like ours grow and we really request our fans to also try and uh, encourage other uh, niche cricketing uh, media sites like yours and uh, thanks a lot once again so i wish you a good day and i wish all our fans a good day wherever they're listening you too thanks a lot Tom. hope to do it again soon anjit take care this is the armchair cricket podcast <laughs>